What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Kingdom and another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar, and I am joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's going on, Tyler? What's good, Duke? Uh, before we start today, uh, be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. And if you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash TSK show. Sorry we're a few days late, but uh, Tyler and I wanted to be able to selfishly watch uh, the first two games of the World Series without any distraction. And man, what a crazy series between the Dodgers and Astros so far. We will talk about that a little later on in the show. Also coming up later in the show, uh, we are a little over a week into the NBA season. And boy, has it been a whirlwind of a season so far. Uh, But first, we have to start with the NFL. Obviously, the Dolphins and Ravens are playing in Thursday Night Football tonight. We will share our picks of the week. But first, got to start with Tyler's power rankings. Tyler, let's start off with number 10. Who you got? Uh, This one was a tough one because the team that got left out I love, and that's the Saxonville Jaguars, (laughs) first in the league in Saks. So number 10, I'm going to start out with New Orleans. Four and two, coming off a win against Green Bay. They're new to the top 10. Uh, four straight wins in a row. Yeah, it makes sense. They're, yeah. they're playing a lot better. Drew Brees finally seems to have that uh, offense under control after after yeah, some more. They got rid of AP, too. Yeah. That seems to have helped. Um, just, you know, as far as, like, getting Kamara on the field more and more, they really like him. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're a top-ten team right now. They're rolling. They're they're playing really good. Four in a row is, uh, is good no matter what. Um, and they also have, I think, a pretty easy matchup this week against Chicago. I think they'll win that game. So, yeah, um, New Orleans Saints, I like them moving forward. Um, another new team uh, coming in at number nine is Minnesota Vikings. There you go. Yeah, I constantly uh, undermine this team, but they're 5-2. and two. They're They keep off, doing it. They're coming off the win against Baltimore, who I like. So, um, you know, Teddy is back at practice. We'll see what happens with Bridgewater. That could change some things. For them. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but uh, with Case Keenum there, I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they win a game in the playoffs, but they could get there. They're also getting Stefan Diggs back this week, who's missed the last two games, and he's he's their leading they touchdown have, receiver with four touchdowns this season. Yeah, he's like one of their big playmakers. They definitely need him on the field to be uh, to be effective. Um, coming in at number eight, uh, I got a team coming off a bye. They're up one from where they were last week. Uh, is the Houston Texans? They're three and three. Um, yeah, uh, their defense. Unfortunately, they're playing Seattle this week. Uh, that's yeah, not, that's not going to be that's not going to go over too well for Houston. But Deshaun Watson, first in the NFL in total QB, QBR, uh, seventeen touchdowns, fifteen passing, two rushing. That's a that's a hell of a start for six games. Rookie of the year numbers right there. Yeah, that's uh, so. I mean, you know, I love Deshaun. It's uh, I like I like them moving forward. I like them to win that division. Uh, coming in at number seven, I got a team coming off of a tough loss, getting beat up by their older brother, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, losing to New England last week. But <laughs> I still got them as a top ten team. That offense Atlanta? is still – Yep, yep. Atlanta, three and three, number seven. I, I still think they're a good team, not just top ten team. I, I, don't, I don't know if I trust uh, 
uh, Steve Sarkeesian anymore <laughs> with that offense. He might, he might be back on the juice or something. Yeah, he he could be saucing up easily in them at, in in them Atlanta strip clubs or something. There you but, go. Uh, no, I still like them. They're just too talented on offense for me not to think that they have a shot at winning a playoff game and taking it all away. So, uh, yeah, I still got them even coming off of a loss uh, at number seven. Um, coming at number six, this team is up one. I got the Los Angeles Rams Woo-hoo. five and two. Number six coming off a bye. They're killing thirty point three points a game. First in the NFL. Excuse me, coming into a bye, I meant. Yeah, come, yeah. Yep. Going into the bye week, yeah. Going into the bye is 5-2. and two, That is – Nobody expected that. No one. They're crushing. That offense is awesome. It's I'm telling you right. Watch. I'm telling you right now, Sean McVay is winning coach of the year. That would be crazy. He's so young. He definitely would smash that record, youngest coach. But he, I mean, I still got to give it to the, uh, the Bellingham homie, uh, Doug Peterson in Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, as far as the coach of the year goes. But – the Rams are looking awesome. They're the leading scorer, and that, that's just so perfect for L.A. Yeah. They're the Showtime Rams. Yeah, just throw up a bunch of points, see if Greatest we win. show on turf. They're, they're back. Um, okay, so moving on at number five, um, I got Kansas City. They were number one forever. They're coming off of a loss to Oakland, which I thought they should have won that game, but that was a – That was a crazy game. <laughs> that was a crazy game. That was uh, – the, the flags were – the flags are just so annoying, but that – I mean, you got to call them when it when it's yeah, and and Crabtree still could have pushed off in that last touchdown. I'm not quite sure, but they Oakland got the win. Kansas City took the loss, um, so I got Kansas City at five. Um, Kareem Hunt, he's first in the NFL in rushing and yards per game. So Kareem, the Chiefs are still hunting. Alex Smith is playing insanely efficient football. So top five teams still. Okay. Um, number four, I got uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers five and two coming off win against Cincinnati. Uh, that team is just I love I love the Steelers this year. I think they're great. I think now, they're the best shot at beating New England in the AFC. Now I'm not gonna take credit for it, but ever since I called them out and said they were basically trash, they have proven me wrong and it's been great. Yeah, th- I, I just uh, yeah, I really like their football team this year. Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in football. I don't even think it's an argument anymore. He's first in catches, he's first in targets, he's first in yards per game, he's first in total yards. Uh, and then, you know, so with, with Ben and, and Tomlin, I just think uh, they're the best shot they have seen at beating New England, not Kansas City. Um, coming at number three, I got my boys, Seahawks, 4-2, and two, coming off a win against the Giants. Uh, I got it, Since I shout out the Rams being the best uh, in scoring, I got to shout out Seattle's defense for being first in scoring uh, 15.7 points per game. They're giving up, so that's first in the NFL. That Seattle defense never never stops. No, the LOB is still rolling. It's crazy. Still alive uh, and well. Um, I'm hoping that uh, that lineman, Dwayne Brown, I'm hoping he gets traded over to Seattle because we need offensive linemen so bad, but he's just expensive, so I don't think they're going to be able to make it work. But he could be. He's he's been holding out this entire year. He's a stud player, and uh, it, it'd be awesome if Seattle could make a move to like upgrade a line, but. Unfortunately, I think salary is not going to let that happen. Yeah. Um, but coming in uh, for the top two teams, number two, I got uh, Philadelphia at six and one. Wensylvania. There you go. I think Carson. Carson's. Could he be MVP? He could be. 
He could be Especially with Aaron Rodgers going down now. Man, it's like I, their schedule coming up is looking good for them, um, and people love it. He's a cold-weather. Uh, Gruden kept calling him North Dakota tough. Oh, my, I loved that. Uh, but that's perfect for Pennsylvania. I mean, they need that up there. They need that over there. So uh, he's perfect for where he's at right now. Um, and I think now Philadelphia, is kind of, now that Green Bay is down, I think they've kind of taken that step as being the best team in the NFC you know, obviously, I think Seahawks. Another, are still another thing there. that's really impressed me with Wentz is his ability to share the ball. It seems like at least two, maybe three different receivers are getting a touchdown each game from him. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have necessarily the greatest skill player around him either. He's but making, he's making them so much better. Yeah, and Ertz, I think, is really that good. So he oh, does yeah. have a top tier target with Ertz, but those receivers and running backs are average names. Um, I think he's just he's doing it all for them right now. Carson Wentz is killing. And then number one, the, you know, New, no. kind of a lackluster uh, announcement, but the New England Patriots, 5-2, and two, coming off a win against Atlanta. So much for them dropping 100 on them. No. I, got, I definitely got that wrong. Man, but the, Tom Brady's just, he's just killing. You know, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, 2,200 yards already through seven games. He's 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 still proving he can do yeah, it at forty. The, yeah, and even with these injuries, uh, you know their running backs are still becoming very productive. Yeah, I still think they're the team to beat in the NFL. I think the Super Bowl goes through New England. Wouldn't shock me. So yeah, I got a uh, uh, rounding it out. I got New England, Philadelphia, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, the Los Angeles Rams, Atlanta Falcons, Houston, Minnesota, and New Orleans Saints. There we go. All right, that is. Yeah. Uh, Tyler's top 10 power rankings going into week eight of the NFL. We'll now move on to uh, the picks of the week for week eight. Last week, I went 12 and three, Tyler. What that was week? probably, that's, probably my, that's my best week. If only we were in Vegas. I know. God, if only. Yeah, I went 10 and five. So that, you know, kind of average. I'm sitting at 45 and 30 for the year, though. 600. Yeah, I'm si- I'm sitting at uh, 41 and 34 for the season, so yeah, not, not too bad. far behind yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, you made. It, you made I, it I definitely made a right big there. jump yeah, this week. Good. We'll see what happens this week. Uh, so obviously it's Thursday night, so we got uh, the Dolphins who are four and two. They're up in Baltimore playing the Ravens who are three and four. Obviously, Jay Cutler's not out or uh, not playing tonight uh, with a couple broken ribs, but apparently they said he's going to be ready for next week. Uh, but I have the Ravens winning this game at home. Dolphins don't have their quarterback. Yeah, I got Baltimore winning that game as well. I think they're, uh, I think they're the better team without, uh, with the Dolphins kind of trying to figure out who they got. But I do think this is going to be a good game. And oh yeah, I think it's going to be a close if game. Matt Moore, if Matt Moore plays well and he comes out and wins this game, I think they need to roll with Matt Moore moving forward for the year. Um, I think they need to just. You think they should just re- release Jay Cutler and send him up to the booth, and he can I, be their new play-by-play announcer? Yeah, I don't know if they release him or not, but I would give if if Matt Moore plays well tonight, and especially if they get a win, I think they need to. I think they need to give him another couple games because Matt, they're they're what four and two? Yeah, four and two. They're four and two, and they and they've been atrocious on offense. Their defense I, has been what's carrying them. Yeah, so. Why not go with the guy that's been in your program for a long time? I mean, Matt Moore's been there the entire time. Ryan Tannehill's been there. He's yeah. been there since day one. Yeah. He knows all these guys. He's played with all these guys. 
obviously the quarterback's not winning you the games. Go with the guy that everyone's comfortable with. Yeah, the, the only reason Jay Cutler is there is because of the head coach and their yeah. relationship back in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. So, and I and I thought that was a good. I thought that was a good idea, but it hasn't worked. It hasn't. Yeah, it hasn't worked. worked. On the offensive side of the ball, now they are four and two, so they're winning games. But I just think if if Matt Moore comes out and plays well tonight, you got to play Matt Moore moving forward. Makes sense to me. Uh, moving on, next we got uh, another London game. Early Sunday morning at six thirty in the morning, yes. bright and early. It's the best, man. It's the <laughs> best. Four football games in one day. It's it's like uh, it's like that first weekend of the NBA playoffs where you get yep. you get quadruple headers two days in a row. Yep. Uh, then we got so we got the Minnesota Vikings who are five and two, taking on the Cleveland Browns zero and seven in London. Pretty simple call. I got the Vikings winning this game. I do too, but I think this is a this is a scary game for Minnesota. This could be Cleveland's one and only win. Yeah, playing play in London, I think that only you know that's kind of hurts both teams equally. So I yeah. think that only helps. It, it more helps the Browns, yeah. And, and Minnesota's uh, offense still isn't quite there. So if 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 Cleveland's offense can come out and put up, you know, just give me two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, fourteen to twenty points, they can win this game, and that could be their. their yeah, because I mean, with, with their defense with Miles Garrett, yeah, they I, could do something with yeah, a back I mean, with. Case yeah, Keenum back there. Yeah, playing Case Keenum, uh, I'm not too worried about Minnesota's offense. Their defense could just smother the Browns, and it could be horrible. But well, if Cleveland's offense comes out and plays well, uh, you know, get that running game going, get Duke Johnson going, they could be they could they could get their first win this year. But I still think I, I'd probably still lean towards Minnesota winning. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Cleveland also needs to stick to one quarterback and just let him play the game. Just. Yeah, enough I think with, they're enough going with, with the, the SC kid this week. I think they're going with Kessler. There we go. So we'll number, see. That's number three yeah. of the year already. <laughs> oh, man, the Cleveland Browns. What are we going to do with them? Yeah. Uh, next, moving on, we got the Oakland Raiders, who are three and four, going to Buffalo to take on the Bills, who are four and two. Raiders obviously coming off that uh, crazy victory against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the Bills winning this game, though. I got Oakland. I, I like Oakland winning the game. Uh, I had I them as like a top five type of team before the season started. I think everybody did. And Marshawn and Amari have had slower starts. Carr went down. I traded Amari Cooper. Yeah. To the guy I was playing this week. I traded him straight yeah, up. Amari yeah. Cooper for Christian McCaffrey. And he gets two tutties. He forgot to play him. Oh, well, there you go. That works out. <laughs> But yeah, see, I mean, now I think I think Amari Cooper was always fine. That's why I say don't get rid of him. Uh, I I think he's still a number one receiver. He just had a slow start to the year, um, and he's and and defenses are playing him like he's a number one receiver. So uh, I think now uh, I think this is Marshawn's suspension game. Right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's not going to play this game. Yeah, so I think they're I think they're going to go into Buffalo. They're going to spread the ball out and they're going to win the game. Uh, their defense is so dominating. I, I don't think Buffalo is going to be able to score very many points. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we got the Indianapolis Colts, who are two and five, traveling to Cincinnati, who are two and four. Cincinnati's looked a lot better since that awful start at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. but I think they're somehow going to find. I think the Colts are going to somehow find a way to to win this game. They definitely could. Uh, the Colts are 
they're just fun. I mean, I just like watching Jacoby play right now. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just that's that's, that's but I don't think they're winning this game. I think Cincinnati's. But that's one of the best draws about the Colts is that unpredictability. You never, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get. And that's why it's fun to watch. Um, although I just think that Cincinnati's too good for. Uh, yeah, I mean, Andy I mean, Dalton, A.J. Green. Yeah, it, yeah. then their defense has always been up there as one of the better defenses in the league. They still have their coach who is their identity. Um, so I think they're going to win this game. Yeah. Uh, again, we disagree, but we'll okay. see. There we go. Uh, That's how you make up wins. Yeah, there you go. Uh, now we got the Los Angeles Chargers coming off three straight victories. The Carson Chargers. Oh, excuse me. The Car- Tyler now wants to call. <laughs> yeah, there's only one team in L.A. It's the Rams. <laughs> and then there's the Carson Chargers. Uh, they're traveling to New England to take on the defending Super Bowl champs, 5-2 and two New England Patriots. Uh, Patriots are missing Dante Hightower, who mm-hmm. tore his pec. He'll be out for the rest of the season. Another hit to that uh, not-so-great New England defense. Uh, but I still think the Patriots are just the better team. Yeah. Tom Brady, he's he's going to spread the ball out to all those receivers. Yeah, I saw a stat uh, talking about the Carson Chargers. I saw a stat that said Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram – have had uh, the most sacks in the NFL since November of last year, and it was like 30, and they were um, like four or five away from uh, apart from number two. So the Chargers could come in here and you know they could do some, some no- damage. Yeah, but... They could do some damage, and I also like uh, because of New England's defense. I think Philip Rivers is going to be a great fantasy play. I think this game's going to be a lot closer than. Than it looks. Oh yeah, favorite. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be like a you know they're one touchdown tempo. They're going to get to Tom Brady, and the, that that New England defense is going to be exposed by Philip Rivers, and you know the, the Chargers have no home game, so that doesn't change anything. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game, but New England's ultimately going to win. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, moving on, we got the Chicago Bears coming off that crazy victory against the Panthers. Yeah. I don't think anybody was expecting that. Yeah. I know I definitely wasn't. Uh, Bears coming in at three and four, traveling down to the Big Easy in New Orleans to take on the four and two Saints. Obviously, the Saints are playing much better than that uh, awful start they had. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drew Brees, uh, Mar- uh, excuse me, Mark Ingram, yep, and uh, Camara, that two that two headed monster of a running game. I love Kamara. now that AP is gone. Yeah. I- I got the Saints winning this game easy. Yeah, I think the, I think the at Saints home are gonna, in a yeah, dome. Yeah, exactly. It's at home. I think they're going to be too much for Chicago. Uh, they're they're playing really well right now, so I think they're going to just ride that momentum to another win. All right. Now we got the Atlanta Falcons coming off that loss to the Patriots, three and three, traveling to New York to take on the Jets, who are three and four. Uh, this is my upset of the week. I got the Jets winning this game. Hey, there we go. Like like I said earlier. I don't think Sarkeesian is the answer for that offense. I just don't think it's going to work. We've got a lot of connections going on. Uh, Sarkeesian and uh, Quinn are old Seahawks guys, and they're, and uh, Sarkeesian's an old UW guy, and he's going against Safarian Jenkins, uh, who is a UW guy, yeah. and Jermaine Curse, who's a Seahawk. Yeah. We got, uh, I, got, I, I like this game. So I, I got a lot of people that I like in this game, so I'm excited to watch it. But I think, I think uh, the Falcons are going to win. I just don't think the Jets are that good of a football team. But Neither do I. I but... love that they're kind of just the island of misfit toys, and they're playing well. Yeah, exactly. Josh McCown's just throwing the rock around to whoever's open. And people like Jermaine Curtis are super Thriving. optimistic. Yeah, because he's a hard worker. He gets open. He's not, he's not going to do anything 
extraordinary, but he's always going to be there. He's reliable. And when you got a quarterback feeding him the rock, this is what happens. Yeah, I, I just think that, I mean, with all the expectations for the Jets going into the season with them supposedly trying to tank to get Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen yeah. in the draft or whatever, and them just surprising people and getting some crazy victories. Tanking is just never the answer. I mean, I hate tanking personally. Yeah, I just think you got to get better as a football team and learn how to win games. They With have, who you have. Yeah, they have they have solid veterans on offense, and then they have some nice pieces, you know, like Leonard Williams on defense. Who's a beast. Yeah, they got and, – and Muhammad Wilkerson, I think, is still there. You know, they got good pieces. Um I, I definitely, you know, I hate tanking, so obviously I don't <laughs> want that. But I still think Atlanta's going to win this game. They're a more talented, better football team. Yeah, so we'll see We'll see how that game uh, turns out. Now we got the 0-7 San Francisco 49ers traveling to Philadelphia to take on the best team in the NFL right now, uh, the 6-1 and Eagles. I think the Eagles may win this game by 50. Yeah, San Francisco, it's all of a sudden looking like they might be that team that's yeah, going to win game this year. Yeah, they're – them and the Browns are looking like they're they're going to be who the Jets were supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. It's just they got nothing. They got no identity. They got nothing to ride off of. Like Carlos Hyde, I mean, he's a good player, but you can't. They don't. He doesn't have any complimentary pieces. They don't yeah. Have, they have a quarterback. They've got you know their receivers are playing subpar. Even though they went and picked up Garcon, who was a thousand yard receiver a year ago, um, I just think Philly is really. Just flying high right now. Yeah, fly eagles fly. Yeah, so I think they're gonna they're gonna crush San Francisco. Yeah. Now we got the Carolina Panthers coming off that crazy loss to the Bears, coming into the game at four and three, traveling down to Tampa Bay to take on the two and four Buccaneers. This one's a tough one for me. Cam's gonna come out playing. I think Cam's gonna be super emotional. Yeah. Super intense. And Especially after all the backlash of him walking out of that press conference. Yeah, and a lot of yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people that would uh, affect you negative to negatively. But I think Cam's the kind of guy where he's going to come out and just physically oh, try yeah. to dominate this football game. I think they're going to win. Yeah, I think the Panthers are going to win too. But I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how where his head's at. Yeah. Yeah. Just to I, see how Cam responds. I think his head is going to be completely in everything. You know, it's going to be in all this media stuff. But at the same time, it, be, that could be so detrimental. To, it could be. It could be. And I think most people it would be. But I just think Cam's this kind of uh, super confident, uh, super emotional, wears his heart on his sleeve. That's how he that's how he performs well. Yeah. Uh, he's always been in, you know, kind of bad bad media situations uh ever since you know before he was at auburn so it's like yeah i think he's used to this he's always in the middle of some shit uh <laughs> i think he's gonna come out and play really well uh have a big game against tampa bay yeah i agree uh moving on we got the houston texans and deshaun watson traveling to seattle this is an awesome game I'm yeah it's gonna excited. be such a good game I'm, to watch i'm super excited to watch this game um Obviously, I have the Seahawks winning this game. Mm-hmm. Um, they're four and two coming into this game. I think that defense is just going to have their way with Deshaun Watson. I think this will probably be Deshaun Watson's worst game of this season. Yeah, it could be. Could be very easily, you know. Or it could be. I, I'm hoping what happens is it's a really close game, and it's one of those games where Houston did what they needed to do. You know, maybe they make a drive to take the lead late. And then Seattle comes back and wins it. Yeah, and Russell just does something. Yeah, I, I'd like to see a game where it's like Houston feels good about the loss because ultimately I want Seattle to win. 
and I like Houston moving forward, so I don't want them to lose. Yeah, you want it to be like a stepping stone for Houston even though they lost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. that makes yeah. sense. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Will going Fuller. Against, going against Richard Sherman. That's yeah. going to be – DeAndre's playing great this year. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun game to watch, but I got Seattle. Same. Uh, now we got the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Washington to take on the Redskins, another NFC East rivalry matchup. Great game. Something I love about the NFC East is all those teams have separate rivalries with each other. Yeah. And they all mean so much. Yeah, there's just so much tradition in that. And there's just so many good games. They've always had so much star power come through that division. Yeah, and and just the fact that they're both coming in at an even 500. Obviously, Philadelphia might run away with the division, but... They're both still going to be playing for that wild card yeah, spot. Yeah, definitely an NFC East team could definitely get the wild card spot at this point. I think. I mean, it's really it's still. Up I mean, in obviously the, air, the Giants but, are out of it, but yeah, I I like I like Dallas. I think Dallas is going to win this game. But, so do I. But DC is good. I mean, they've got they've got some weapons on offense that are that are playing really well. Chris Thompson's awesome, and that Jordan Reed Vernon Davis experiment mm-hmm. together is working out really well. It, yeah, and it was smart for them to have Vernon Davis because of Jordan Reed's injury issues. It's yeah, just nice to have that back. I, I I have both Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis in two separate fantasy leagues, yeah. so I see the production on both, and yeah, they're Jordan both Reed, killing it. He's a weird guy. When he's on the field, he plays really really well. And yeah, he just can't get on the field too much, but. Uh, he's a good player. Uh, they have some they have some good good pieces on offense, but just not enough to beat Dallas, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. And then also Zeke is playing in that game. Yeah, Dallas is just too good. Uh, they're I think they're knocking on the door as a top ten team as well again. Uh, yeah, if they if they can put some more wins, I just together. never know what's go- going down with Zeke. But as long as he keeps playing, they're going to be uh, a top ten team. Yeah, and then uh, in the Sunday night matchup, we got uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming in at five and two, traveling to Detroit to take on Matt Stafford and the Lions. Coming in at an even five hundred, coming off that bye, three and three. Uh, I got the Steelers winning this game. I know there's a lot of drama with Martavius Bryant and everything getting yeah. sent to the practice squad or yeah. requesting a trade and all of that. Yeah. Also, Juju Smith-Schuster found his bike. Thankfully, yeah. there was like a whole big Twitter thing that yeah, Juju yeah. Lost, his bike. lost his bike. He tweeted last night he found his bike. Yeah. So we're all good with that. I don't want. I didn't want to pick a team because I uh, to win this game because I like both of these teams. Yeah, uh, but ultimately I went Pittsburgh just because uh, Detroit's playing without Golden Tate this week. Yeah, so, that's going to be uh, huge for them yeah, not having that sprayed AC joint, and they're already limited. You know, as far as offensive weapons, you know, it's all Stafford over there. So yeah, Stafford, ever since ever since Megatron re- retired, that that receiving core has kind of been subpar. Yeah, Stafford needs needs something to work with, and I just don't think this game is going to have enough. Even though it's at home, I think that home is only going to help Pittsburgh throw throwing the ball. Exactly. Uh, big Ben's probably going to have another big game uh, against. But the Detroit DBs are nice, so I mean it's not that it's not a knock on Detroit. I just think Pittsburgh's a better team. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Uh, and then the Monday night game, we got the Denver Broncos traveling to Kansas City. Denver coming in at three and three. Kansas City coming in at five and two. I got the Chiefs winning this game. Yeah, me too. Uh, but the, this could be a big win for Denver if they could pull this. If off. they can pull it off, I just don't have faith in Trevor Simeon anymore. No, he's just. Uh, uh, I don't know. Trevor Simeon's average, an average quarterback. I don't think he's anything special. Uh, I think the rest of that team is ready to pop. They just need, they need a playmaker on offense. They can't just be. They can't. 
you know, uh, they can't hope that their defense is going to make the play to win the game every week. So yeah, they can. They, they, they don't some, have Peyton Manning back there. As yeah, their they quarterback. Need, they need some offense. They have some players. They just don't have someone to get the ball in their hands or that home run hitter at running back. Um, so yeah, I think Kansas City is going to win this game. But if Denver wins this game in division. That's uh, going to be huge. It, and that, that division is so tight now with yeah. the Chargers winning three games in a row. Yeah, I, Every, li- I like Denver, but in Kansas City, yeah, Kansas City's. Kansas City is probably one of the toughest stadiums to play in. Yeah, it's number two to Seattle. <laughs> Bragging yeah. rights yeah, right there. Yeah, even though they, they, they want to take the record from us for loudest, but I think it was a conspiracy. <laughs> I think they're feeding, feeding noise in there. Yeah, so uh, that, that about wraps up our NFL talk for this week. Uh, lots of great games on Sunday. Be sure to check them out. Check back with us next week. See how we did. Check out Tyler's new power rankings next week. It's going to be great. Uh, now moving on to probably something that's the nearest and dearest to my heart. Yeah. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers The series They're in the world series for the first time in 29 years. This is the, this is the first time they've ever been in the world series in my lifetime. Uh, for those that don't know, I was born in 94. I'm only 23 years old. This has never happened for me. Uh, I went nuts. I was a couple days old when they went to their first World Series. <laughs> I, was called, I was like a week old. There you go. So first time in my entire life since the first week of my life. <laughs> um, I went absolutely nuts celebrating them getting to the World Series when they beat the Cubs. Definitely some tears shed, not going to lie. Definitely cried a little bit. Hey, shout out to ex-Mariner Taylor for just whopping pitch one. <laughs> Hell yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah, funny funny story about the night they uh, clinched going to the World Series. I had an early Halloween party to go to that night. Uh, I threw on my Dodgers jersey, went to Vaughn's, bought a bottle of Corbell champagne because that's what I saw <laughs> the they had. Stuff. That's what I saw they had in the locker room. So I thought, it's, hey, it's good enough for them. It's good enough for me. Hey, hell yeah. Uh, and pop that bottle the second I walked into that party. Uh, I saved the bottle, wrote the date, the yeah, score sick. of the game. Yep. Uh, hopefully, I'll be buying a second one when the Dodgers win the World Series in a couple days, hopefully. But I am a little nervous now. Uh, the series is tied at one apiece after two incredible games here in Los oh Angeles. Great, great games. Uh, game one, we obviously know Clayton Kershaw threw an absolute gem. He became the first pitcher since fellow Dodger, even though they were in Brooklyn at the time, Don Newcomb as the only two pitchers to throw 11 strikeouts without giving up a walk in a World Series game. Don Newcomb did it back in 1949 at Game 1 of the World Series. In Clayton, we trust. Oh, yeah. In Clayton, we trust, baby. Uh, What's even crazier about that stat to me personally is that the Astros had the fewest strikeouts in the MLB this year, and it was a whole 18.7% better than the major league average this season as a team for strikeouts. So for Clayton to be able to strike out the Astros 11 times is yeah. huge. Yeah. But they got a, they got a, a very intimidating lineup too. So it's just like, I mean, he's not doing it against chumps. This is, this is the series. Yeah. 200 win teams. I mean, what could play. be better? Yeah. Uh, I believe that Kershaw officially has that playoff monkey off his back. Uh, after that performance in game one. Oh, yeah, that's... He, he only made one mistake in that game, and that was giving up the home run to Alex Bregman. But after giving up that home run, he responded and struck out the three next consecutive batters. And that response is the most important Exactly, part. exactly. It's, you make a mistake, great, but mm-hmm. let's see how you respond. 
Um, and then, yeah, like you said, Chris Taylor, that first pitch he saw, he just crushed just, it. Yeah. I thought, I thought that ball was going to leave the stadium, probably needed another 50 feet or so. It was great. Uh, but I think the total – or the, the distance for that home run was 447. And that's for a leadoff guy. Leadoff. Um, now, on to the craziness that was game two. Both teams combined for eight home runs, which was the most combined home runs by teams in a World Series, six of which came after the ninth inning, which is just absolutely crazy. Just trade knockout punches. Yeah. Um, all the Dodgers hits on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night in game two were home runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, got it. All the home run stats in this game are just jaw-dropping. Before we even get to the game game, can we talk about the ceremonial first pitch first? That was the greatest ceremonial oh, oh, first yeah. pitch oh, yeah, yeah. I have uh, ever seen. Uh, uh, Venezuela? Uh, yeah. Or, so they had Vin Scully come out yeah. with a ball and a microphone. And he's like joking, talking to the crowd, whatever. At one point he says, man, this is a, this is a long walk to the mound. Yeah. Uh, he gets up to the mound, says a couple things. And he's like, wait a second. I need a catcher. So he was like – he brings out a catcher, and it's Steve Yeager, 1981 yeah. co-MVP, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, the World like a Series. Leg- a legend comes yeah. out. And so Finn goes to make, make the throw, and he gets to about the apex of the throw, and he's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I just threw out my rotator cuff. <laughs> I'm going to make a move that so many managers in baseball do every year. I'm going to make a call to the bullpen. I need a left-hander. And now I'm sure 95% of that stadium thought for sure Sandy Koufax was about to walk out. But no. Fernando Valenzuela comes out, and it was the most glorious thing because... He's the man, though. I mean, I, we weren't alive for it, but no. Fernando Mania in L.A. was absolutely yeah. crazy. I, I was listening to the radio today, and they were saying that bef- before Fernando came to the Dodgers, they were averaging about 20,000, 25,000 fans a game. Yeah. But on the night's Fernando pitch, that stadium was full. Yeah, fuck yeah. And I, th- I thought it was the ultimate tip of the cap to all of the Mexican-American Dodger fans, all of the yeah. minority Dodger fans. Exactly. And it was, it was great. Because they're the biggest Dodger fans. Yeah. And he was their guy. So, yeah. I mean, it's like it was awesome. Um, now, getting to the actual game, this was probably the craziest baseball game I've ever seen. Uh, it was tough for me to watch, though, uh, because the Astros scored first. And then Jock Peterson, who has struggled all year, he even got sent down to the minors this year. wasn't even wasn't even on the NLCS roster. He's in the home run derby like two years ago. Yeah, he hits a home run to tie the game, and then I was like, "All right, I feel so much better now. I trust our bullpen more than theirs." And then that's when I guess all hell decided to break yeah. loose. Um, H Town decided to show up. Yeah, I mean Rich Hill or Dave Roberts took Rich Hill out out of the game after four innings and Rich Hill was visibly upset yeah. uh, in the dugout. Um, I was a little skeptical about Rich Hill coming out because he had thrown 60 pitches. He'd only given up about three hits, one run and had seven strikeouts, which was pretty crazy. Uh, he didn't have his curveball working at the beginning of the game, but he settled down. He got it right. Um, but Dave Roberts decided there were five right-handed batters coming up in the lineup for the Astros Kenta Maeda has been killing right-handers all year. He's been killing it in the postseason. Uh, brings in Kenta Maeda. Maeda handles the fifth inning. And coming into the game, 
the Dodgers bullpen had a 25 inning streak of scoreless innings. So it was like 25 straight innings of scoreless baseball for the Dodgers bullpen. Um, Wednesday night, they were able to bring it up to 28 innings uh, before Kenley Jansen had the chance to try and uh, get the six out save coming in in the eighth inning. Uh, Jansen gives up the one run in the eighth to tie the game because uh, Alex Bregman was on base after Brandon Morrow gave up that ground rule double that Yasiel Puig was absolutely livid about uh, that's missing. That's what you love about Puig, though. You know, the motion and the, the, that's true frustration. I yeah. mean, he wanted to make that play. He's and he was inches. Yeah, he, was he knew it. inches away. He knew it I mean, there was no hesitation. That's just pure, raw emotion yeah. in a heated battle. He he had to run over 50 feet to try and die for that ball, and he uh, missed it by, like, two inches. That's what you want to see out of your star players. You know, that's especially Puig. That's what you want to see out of him. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Bregman scored from second. Um and then uh, Jansen blew the save in the ninth. Yeah, let's uh, get to the tenth. <laughs> <laughs> blew the save in the ninth after the home run by Marwin Gonzalez. And then in the tenth inning, Jose oh. Altuve and Carlos Correa Whew. go back to back. Bad uh, boys. Back to back home runs. They made it five three. And then Yasiel Puy comes up in the bottom of the tenth. Yeah, hits a jack. And well, did you see Correa did the the tongue thing? After oh, his, uh, you know, uh, uh, poke at Puig, and yeah, Puig comes back. Now, so Puig, so Correa, when he hit his home run, had that big bat flip mm-hmm. and uh, did the tongue and everything, and then Puig comes up and hits his home run, stares at the pitcher, watches the ball fly out, and then lays the bat nicely on the ground. Oh yeah, no, he's Puig doesn't bat flip home runs everybody bat flips home runs yeah puig bat flips singles and doubles because yeah. that's who puig is hey i love i love it this is a heavyweight bout you yeah know, this is crazy uh, the dodgers i uh, i saw the dodgers were 98 and 0 when leading in the eighth inning this yeah. year and and this and this the first game, time they lost yeah first well first loss in 99 games when leading in the eighth that's insane but that's that's what you love about the world series all those crazy statistics yeah. Throw them out the window because they don't apply. Well, in Altuve, man, I mean, God, who who doesn't like a guy that's five six and just crushes the ball? He won the Silver Slugger Award for the American cr- League this year. He's in the World Series. It's awesome to see, even though it's against the Dodgers. Uh, those guys are playing great. It's great for the city of Houston, too. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel bad for the city of Houston, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, we're dealing with, like, 101-degree heat out here. It's right? October, man. <laughs> it's October. Um but then, yeah, so after Puig hits the home run, Kike Hernandez drove in Logan Forsyth mm-hmm. to extend the game to the 11th. And that's where George Springer, who had uh, mostly been quiet this postseason up until this game, hits a two-run shot in the 11th. And then the Dodgers, down to their last out, Charlie Culberson, hasn't hit a home run since Vin Scully's last home game of last season, mm-hmm. September 25th. I'll never forget it because it was my dad's birthday was yeah. Vin Scully's last home game. Charlie Culberson hits a walk-off home run to clinch the division for the Dodgers. That was the last time he hit a home run. He hit a home run Wednesday night, bottom of the 11th, to make it 7-6. to six. He needs Vin Scully to get the mic at some point in the stadium. That's what he needs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, what? so what? Houston scored five runs in the last four innings of the game. Yeah. That's just, from, that's just it's tough to beat. Or no, 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 four runs, four runs. 
because it was three to three going into the tenth. It, yeah, they well they scored one in the eighth, one in the ninth, two in the tenth, one in the eleventh. Yeah. Okay. Five uh, runs. It's, yeah, it's like it's just, it's tough to beat. Even even though they even though the Dodgers kept bringing it back, it's just you know someone had to lose that game. Yeah, someone someone was going to have to lose it, and I mean the Dodgers had the best chance to tie the game up with Puig up the bat again. And that tenth and eleventh inning are two of the most exciting innings I've ever seen, and not to mention to be extra innings. It's yeah, just like, just, I, yeah. Everybody loves when a game, no matter what sport it is, goes to overtime because yeah. you're, you're getting more there than you paid for. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, here we go. This is it. This is for the game. Now, I, I want to mention something that I've been hearing all of today about last night, and people can blame Dave Roberts all they want, but I'm not going to blame him for the moves he made. He did exactly what he's been doing the entire postseason, and that's trust the bullpen. Uh, that's what got, and that's what got you here. You yeah, coming coming into last night, like I said, they had a scoreless inning streak of twenty five innings. Uh, Robert said after the game that he would trust Kenley up one run in the ninth any day of the week, and so would I. Uh, also, this wouldn't have been the first time he would have been given the opportunity to get a six out save. He did it last year against the Cubs. He already has a four out and a five out save this postseason. And as a Dodger fan, I have the utmost confidence with with Jansen on the on the bump even if it is to get a six-out save. Now, I could put the blame on Josh Fields and Brandon McCarthy because they didn't do their job and keep the Astros at three runs in the 10th and 11th, but I think the Astros just got the better of the Dodgers Wednesday night. Yeah, I choose to blame the Astros. I yeah. Mean, you, it, with, all due, you know, with all due respect, I don't think the Dodgers did anything necessary to lose this game. It's no, just, you you got to tip your cap to the, to the other team sometimes at the end of the day. Two teams won 100 games. I mean, these are two teams that won 100 games. I mean, someone's, someone had to win that game, and unfortunately it wasn't the Dodgers' night. I don't, Matt, yeah, I don't think they did anything to actually lose it, though. It, well, actually, I, I think they do. I think they did do one thing that they could have done to where they would have secured the victory 100%. And that was – they had Cody Bellinger on third base in the seventh inning. And it was the bottom of the seventh inning, uh, and they couldn't bring him in to score. Uh, if he scores, it would have been 4-1, to one, and Brandon Morrow coming back for the eighth I think would have been a little bit more comfortable on the mound with that 4-1 to one lead if Bellinger would have scored. Um, and I also don't think he would – I don't think Morrow would have given up that double to Bregman – having that confidence of a 4-1 lead behind him. And it also wouldn't have made Kenley try and go for that six-out – or wouldn't have made Dave Roberts go to Kenley to try and get that six-out save because you could have left Morrow in for that entire eighth inning. Mm -hmm. Or you bring Kenley in for the four-out save, which is a lot more uh, in Jansen's comfortable zone. Uh, but enough with the what-ifs. The Dodgers lost. The Astros tied the series – it was two incredible games out at Chavez, out at Chavez Ravine, uh, and now there will be three in Houston starting Friday. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All three games start. At, well, the rest of the, the rest of the series, MLB came out and announced first pitch. The rest of the series, five twenty Pacific time, eight twenty Eastern time. Uh, game three, f Friday, you Darvish versus Lance McCullers Jr. Uh, I think this series is going to come back to Los Angeles with the Dodgers up three to two. I definitely think Game Three is the Dodgers. Definitely with you, Darvish. I think that they're, they're getting Game Three. From what I can tell, the way Dave Roberts has managed this game or this series so far is you account for the victory for Kershaw. Yeah. Game Two obviously was the toss-up, and it went to the Astros. Uh -huh. You count on a victory from you, Darvish. Yep. 
Saturday well, and Verla- I mean, and that was Verla. You know, yeah, the, the Astros were counting took on the L Verlander. against Verlander. That's I mean, if you're going to take an L, it's, it better be to Verlander. Yeah, and it, w- it wasn't even really to Verlander, no, it wasn't. but I mean, them getting to Verlander shows a lot, and it it, it shows a lot for the players themselves mm-hmm. that like, hey, we can do this. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think the Dodgers come back three to two. Then game six and seven, all bets are off. I mean, game six and seven of the playoffs in any any sport is just yeah, you don't know. Gonna you got to watch the game. I mean, yeah, you got to play the game. Yeah, play the game. <laughs> um, but it'd yeah, be, it'd be so great though if we get a game seven, uh, Kershaw Verlander. No, Kershaw's going to start game five. Game five. Yeah, he's on track to start game five uh, in Houston Sunday. We'll see. We'll see if those guys come around though. We'll see if they crawl out of the bullpen or something like that. Oh, in game seven, I'm, I'm sure they'll both seven, make an appearance. In game seven, if we get a Verlander Kershaw appearance, it's going to be great. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so yeah, so go Dodgers. Go we'll Dodgers. see. We'll see what happens. But they got three more in Houston, and then hopefully, hopefully they can pull it out in Game Six. But if they need Game Seven, I'll take it. Um, now moving on to the NBA, a lot of crazy stuff going on in 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 the NBA, and we're only a little over a week into the 2017-2018 season. Tyler, you told me you had some uh, award predictions prepared oh, for this yeah, week. Oh yeah, I think I, I just think I know what's going to happen. You know, you think you think you can predict the future? I think I, I think I'm pretty good at predicting the future. Um, so, yeah, well, let's start out with the big dog. Let's start out with the MVP award. Uh, who 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 do you got? Let me just hear what you got first. MVP? Yeah, the obvious. Well, the the hot t- the hot pick right now. You going Giannis? Well, I wouldn't say it's a hot pick. I mean, Kobe Bryant challenged him. About two weeks before the season started, saying you better win MVP this year, and he's taking it to heart, and he's just crushing it. I think MVP is going to be my first kind of crazy prediction. I think this year we're going to see the first ever co-MVP, Giannis, James Harden. Wow. Yeah, I just think they're both like one-man team. They're both going to be in the top four of their conference. James Harden not a one-man team. Well, I mean, Chris. I mean, yeah, I guess he's he's got other players, and so does Giannis. But I'm just saying, you know, they're the dominant players on their team yeah and you know with people like Durant and LeBron and Curry and Russell sharing sharing all of this superstardom with other players I think that'll Gian- take a, yeah that'll take away from I think Giannis and Hart are gonna uh, stand above and I don't think the NBA is gonna let it be as close as it was again last year and yeah somehow I just think they're gonna end up voting and they're gonna tie it down the middle we'll see um sixth man I got a I got a this is another, uh, I think this is another low-key pick, but I got my man Patty Mills with the Spurs. Straight out of Australia, baby. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be, I think he's just, he, he's arguably the best backup point guard in the NBA. And the, yeah. the Spurs play such a deep rotation and play so many minutes to everybody, I think. And, and that system just really lets everybody thrive. Yeah, Tony Parker, you know, is an old man now, and so he's playing, you know, fewer and fewer minutes. So I got Patty Mills, sixth man of the year. I got Eric Gordon from the Houston Rockets. Not a bad back to back. So back to back, reigning three point contest champion. Yeah. Eric, um, great fit. I think I think he's just going to benefit a lot from Chris Paul being at the point guard, and like if James Harden needs a rest, Eric Gordon will go in, and it'll be Chris Paul, James, or Chris Paul and Eric Gordon. And I think Chris Paul's just going to get Eric Gordon the ball, and it's going to work really well in Houston. No, Eric Gordon's in like the perfect spot. But two other two other. Guys that wouldn't surprise me if they won six manners, 
two guys that are always in this conversation yeah. is Lou Williams on the Clippers Lou and Williams, then uh, yeah. Jamal Crawford up in Minnesota. Jamal Crawford, the 206, man. Whoop, whoop. Shout out, Seattle. Yeah. Um, now for rookie of the year. Call me a homer. Call me whatever you nah, want. I don't care. Lonzo Ball, baby. It's not a guess. That's what it's going to be. Lonzo Ball, big baller brand, triple Bs. Yeah, I got definitely uh, definitely got Lonzo as the rookie of the year. He's looking, he's looking great so far. I he's think, looking great. I mean, he's not shooting the ball great yet, but. Um, that's that's going to come, I think. Yeah, he's still kind of settling in. He's got people coming after him. So, the shooting, I'm not worried about the shooting. I think everything else is, is looking good. Um Next, uh, next, let's do. Uh, we got most improved player. This is I like this pick. I, yeah, I, so I, do I. I really hope this guy gets this award, and that's Dejounte Murray, another Seattle guy. Shout out Rainier Beach, another Spurs guy. Um, I really want to see Dejounte Murray. Uh, like I said, take that next step with all the minutes that he's going to get because he's playing for the Spurs. They're really old at guard. I mean, Tony Parker and Manu are in the twilight of their career. Yeah. Probably not even going to last another year. So I think Patty Mills and DeJounte Murray are going to have to play a lot of minutes for the Spurs. And I think they're going to play well with, the, you know, with all those bigs, Kawhi and Rudy Gay. Um, I, li- I like DeJounte Murray's uh, situation right now to take a big step. Yeah, no, that, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Uh, but for my most improved player, again, got to go with another Laker. I'm going with Brandon Ingram. Yeah, people seem to like this. Uh, my whole thing with him is I really need to see the strength go up. I think that's the last thing he's missing. I mean, Wednesday night against the uh, Wizards, he had 18 and 10. Yeah. Or it, 19 and 10. It's not that he's he, not producing. It's just the way he's producing. Well, to basically send the game into overtime, he had a he had an isolation play at the top of the key, took his man straight to the hole, missed the running floater, but was able to tap in the tap yeah. in that tip, and that's a put- perfect that's a perfect play to bring up because I think that shows his strength and his weakness. And what I'm talking about is I think his his strength is his length. I think he has decent touch. Yeah, um, I think he can be that 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 really long, uh, silky smooth offensive scoring machine. But because of his strength, I mean, the two places I see him get the ball that that his strength affects him is on that play and this miss. Yeah, he's go, he goes euro step a lot in the paint, yeah. and when he goes euro step after his first step, people bump him, and he always gets pushed off of. He's his, got he's his, got to put he's got to put get some meat on his bones. Yeah, he's always getting pushed off of he's always getting pushed off his euro step. Now he is converting some of them, but what I'm saying is if he makes that step, those are going to be even more effective. And he also tries to get the ball to mid post. It seems like people just push him out to the three-point line constantly. It, and and that just, you know, if he can get the ball in the mid post and keep it strong and pivot, and if he can get his Euro step, you know, step through really strong and he's not getting bumped off, I think he could really take yeah, the next step. Yeah, I mean, to, to draw another comparison from Kevin Durant, uh, I mean, when he first started out, that's – very similar to what happened to him. Yeah, exactly. But the thing, the difference between I think a Brandon Ingram and Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant's shooting touch. I think he had the oh, ability to shoot the three. KD has a much nicer the, shooting touch. The, his strength was, you know, wasn't as a factor because the things he did well were on the perimeter. Was Brandon Ingram, I think, is much better inside 15 feet. Um, so, you know, if he developed that three, that could help him out a lot. I mean, not that he can't shoot the three, but um, yeah. I like your pick, but mainly my thing is I want I want Brandon Ingram to get stronger. I no, trust me, I want Brandon Ingram and when to you see put that on strength, like thirty pounds. And and I honestly believe if you, you see a if you see a jump in strength, you could see a jump in points, and he could jump up to 25, 26 points yeah. per game guy. Now I think 
a dark horse, well, not really a dark horse for most improved, but because he didn't play a lot last year because he was hurt, I think Embiid could win most improved, depending depending on if he doesn't win any other awards. I think if he played a bunch of games, you know, and he had, like, similar stats to last year, they could definitely give that to him because yeah. he's improved in a physical yeah. – uh, physically to the point where he can play more games. Yeah. Um, where so, you want to go next? Uh, I would say defense. Yeah, uh, let's do it. And I, de- I, I mean, I got my I got my boy in the middle, DeAndre Jordan, the Ugh. beast, the bully, the Clippers. Yeah, hey, the Clips are undefeated right now. Can we not talk about this, please? No, no, DeAndre. I said they weren't going to make the playoffs. Gets, DeAndre gets the love. I love DeAndre. He's a beast. No. In the middle. he's averaging 18 boards a game. Those As a are, player, I love DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, those are those are Dennis Rodman rebound numbers. Uh, so I and he and he's just the. The, the centerpiece and the glue to that defense. So um, I got DeAndre getting Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, for Defensive Player of the Year, for me, uh, a lot of people thought he was going to win last year, but uh, Draymond won. Uh, I got Rudy Gobert in Utah. Stifle Tower. Yeah, Stifle Tower. He's probably – He's the exact same scenario as uh, DeAndre Jordan. He's yeah. the centerpiece of that defense. He's everything that yeah. – You know, all, of those, all four of those guys can play aggressively on the ball. Because they know behind them is standing, you know, what the best yeah. shot blocker they have. Yeah, I mean, Rudy's definitely going to average at least two blocks a game, probably close to 15 rebounds a game. And just his length and size is enough to alter any shot coming into the paint. I think also Utah might be a runner for the Eric Bledsoe sweepstakes right now. It makes sense. It'd be nice to get some offense up, uh, up in Utah. I don't know. I mean, Bledsoe's not playing for Phoenix anymore, so. I, that situation to me is just crazy. Yeah, that's too bad because he's just – he's not old. He's just a little too old for the revamp. So he would yeah, have to exactly. use he – Yeah, He's on the wrong side prime. of 30. He'd ha- well, no, well he's not even 30 he's yet. He's 27, but it, it's his prime years. He would have to be their, like, their guy to rebuild with. And then by the time they're, Phoenix is ready to go, He's going to be like the third or fourth option yeah. after his prime. And I, did, I just, that's probably why he wants to get out. So. You think he was actually at the hair salon? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I can't get into that. <laughs> Who knows? I just thought that was the most obscure yeah. excuse you could come up with that I yeah, actually no. kind of believe him. Yeah. Shit, I mean, maybe it was. Who knows? But, yeah, uh, so moving on from def- – uh, coach. Yeah, coach, coach of the year. Uh, I, got, uh, I got Billy Donovan in the Thunder. I think he's going to – Great choice. W- my, uh, you know, my crystal ball is telling me that they're going to be the number two seed in the, in the West, and I think they're only going to be – they're going to be a couple games back from the Warriors, and I think that's going to be – I think him uh, managing all that talent and getting that uh, just within a couple games of the Warriors is going to be enough for him to win coach of the year. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the East, an Eastern Conference coach. I'm actually going to stick with a lot of people's uh, pick at the beginning of the season, uh, Brad Stevens. Yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. I think, especially with the injury and seeing what he's going to do now. Yeah, I think I think plus I think Eastern Conference coaches to just get a bump in the voting <laughs> process because they have such, so much to work with. They have such few. They have so much less talent. Um, no, that's that was an unnecessary but shot. I th- but yeah, Brad Stevens, I think that's a great pick. I still think the Celtics are going to be the number two seed in the East. So we got two college guys. Yeah, yeah, two guys that made back to back NCAA championships. Now my guy won two, and your guy lost two. Well, but. let's not talk about Billy Donovan beating uh, my UCLA Bruins yeah. back well, in the day. That was, but. A dark, that was a dark day for college basketball. You know, when you got a football school winning back to back titles. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, so I got a couple extra. I got a couple extra awards I threw in there. Uh, Let's run through them. Not, I'm, I'm excited to hear these. Yeah, not necessarily the big awards, but uh, GM. I got Sam Presti for the Thunder. How can you not? I, I, yeah, I don't see anyone else getting this award. He you flipped in. Victor Oladipo, Demontis Savonis, and Doug yeah. McDermott for Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. I think that's what it's going to say on the trophy. That's what it's, it better say on the trophy. Yeah, you flip, oh, I can't you, forget Ennis Cantor, too. You flip these guys for Melo and Paul George. Hats off to you, sir. So, yeah, Sam Presti, I think he gets GM of the year. Um, I think the All-Star Game MVP is going to be Russell Westbrook. I think he's just in savage mode right now. So um, He's the only one that takes the All-Star Game seriously exactly. now that Kobe's gone. And, and Rondo's not that great anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, no, so I think, uh, I think uh, Hustle Russell gets MVP for the All-Star Game. Um, I think – uh, the champions are going to be Golden State. Unfortunately, I think they're they're still too dominant to be right now. Yep. As of right now, and even then, though they're I, starting off a little slow. Yep. And I think uh, Kevin Durant's going to get the Finals MVP again, just because I do think he's the reason why they are who they are. Okay. Um, and I'm then, hoping I'm hoping if they go if they go to the Finals and they win again, I hope Clay gets it. It's too just because Clay, Clay's too. Yeah, that's tough. He's be, a great defender. He's a great shooter. He's a great player, but he just depends on other people to be great. Yeah. Which is not a knock on him because no, he not is a knock great, on him. But I just that's why you can't give him MVP. I think it's Steph or Durant. Yeah, I mean even Draymond I think has a better shot at it just because of how he affects their defense. Oh, 100 percent, and their whole team. 100 percent. And then with the wildest prediction of the night, uh, I'm going with the Rising Stars game, the the old rookie sophomore game. The MVP is going to be the Lonzo Los An- the Los Angeles Lakers own Kyle Kuzma. Woo! Because for, some, <laughs> because for some reason, when he plays in these second-tier events, he is the best player on the court. Shout-out Kyle Kuzma Shout real quick. Shout-out Kyle Kuzma, Rising Stars game, Rocking Rockin Swaggy P's old number, number zero. And the headband, too. Well, no, he got rid of the headband. Fucked up. So yeah, hey, no, are, I like that though. Yeah. Kuzma should definitely be in that Rising Stars game. He will be. He will be. I think he's gonna. I think uh, Kuzma is gonna end up being like a, a second team All Rookie type of player. I'm down with that. Yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and Julius Randle will all be in that Rising Stars game. No, I think it's all. I think you have to be in your first two seasons. Okay, so not Julius Randle or Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram this is the second season. Oh, this is yeah. Is. Last year was his rookie year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they'll have, so, okay. So those three. Yeah, that's uh, that's fine. And may you know maybe uh, what Josh Hart's playing. Yeah, game. maybe. Yeah, you could throw in some other players, but yeah, I think Kuz Kuz for some reason when he's playing against the second guys, that second unit type of guys is the best player on the court. So yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, now moving on to a couple a uh, couple stat lines that yeah. have uh, that have jumped out at me. I've got a couple so far in this. This young NBA season, uh, right off the bat, Giannis obviously both our MVP favorites. Yeah, he's averaging his is just stupid. He's averaging thirty six point eight points, ten point eight rebounds, and five point three assists per game. And he's shooting sixty five point nine percent from the field. He's shooting sixty six percent from the field. That's crazy. Yeah, I wish I had his. Uh, I wish I had his steals up because he was doing crazy numbers, um, but. Yeah, dude, Giannis is just a freak. The Greek freak is a freak, man. <laughs> he's, a, he's a freak. It's it's awesome. It's awesome to see because he's so good for the sport. He's so into it, he, and everybody loves him. Yeah, and then the next next three guys I got are all three guys close to averaging a triple double. 
Oh yeah, I see where you, I see why you set this up this way. First we got <laughs> first we got Russell Westbrook yeah. averaging twenty one point five points, nine and a half rebounds, and twelve point eight assists per game. God. Obviously the points are gonna go down a little bit from last season with Melo and PG mm-hmm. uh on the team now. Did you real quick, did you see the shade Melo threw at PG in the post game interview after the Indiana game in mm-hmm. Paul George's first game? Uh-huh. <laughs> Melo was like uh yeah, it's great we got the dub uh, here in Indiana for Paul George. Too bad he was a no-show because he fouled out. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, like, no, fouled out got, and had, like, ten points. They got to give it. They got to they gotta throw some shade at each other. Um, next guy, obviously LeBron James killing it out in Cleveland like always. On a couple bum ankles doing yeah. everything. He's averaging 27.6 points, 7.4 rebounds, and nine, nine assists per game. Crazy numbers. LeBron just being LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um. Now the next guy. Yeah. This is gonna transition into some home cooking. Yeah. Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Averaging eleven and a half points, yeah. nine rebounds as a six foot six point guard. Yep. And nine assists per game. Yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna end up being like second on the team in rebounds, probably maybe first, but I think he's gonna be second on the team in rebounds, lead the team in assists, and we'll see where the points go. I'm going to say it right now. If Lonzo Ball leads the Lakers in rebounds this season, they better trade Brooke Lopez, Andrew Bogut, Julius Randle, well, I think Boogie, everybody. I mean, I think Boogie might be coming to town. So. You think Boogie's going to come to L.A.? Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't he? His contract's up at the end of this year. I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, he's playing, he's playing really well with Ann Davis right now, but I, don't think, I definitely don't think he's going to stay in New Orleans. It, depend, it depends on if they can make some noise this year. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, they're they're playing good. I, they're going to get used to playing with Lonzo. Um, but yeah, those three guys is it's amazing to even come close to sniffing a triple double as an average. As I got, a rookie, I got one guy though I want to shout out really quick as far as the stat lines go. This is just this is blow my mind. I, I was looking through some things and I've, and he, this guy was just not someone I thought that was going to have a, a a bounce back year. I guess. Uh, Dwight Howard, have you seen what he's been doing? No, but I mean, I'm intrigued. All right, so, so he's playing 31 minutes a game, you know. He's, yeah. And, and, and I, granted, they've only played four games, but he's playing 31 minutes a game. He's got 13 points per game. He's averaging 17.8 rebounds a game. Holy shit! And his low, his his low of the year is 15, and his high is 22. So there's no outlier game in there. He is just dominating the boards. And though, and like I said he's, earlier, with. Uh, uh, DeAndre, those are those, those Dennis Rodman numbers. Seventeen point eight rebounds. People don't do that. He's really trying to revive his career because his career took such a nasty turn when he left. The way he left Orlando yeah. while he was in LA, yep. Houston was awful with James Harden, yep. and it didn't work out in Atlanta last season. No. And so, okay, so he's also got two point three blocks a game, and he's shooting sixty one point eight percent from the field. So well, shout out, shout out, Dwight I'd, Howard. I'd hope, I'd hope Dwight Howard shooting sixty eight percent from what the field. Yeah, exactly. That's what you hope for. He, yeah, he's not doing. He's not. He's not shooting forty nine percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, shout out Dwight Howard. Get a little bounce back in in, in you know Charlotte what? playing with Jordan. You know that's that's a weird. I, it's a weird. It was just weird for me to set, see. As much as I hated him when he was in L A. because of how he acted and all of the drama that it caused, I'm happy for the guy. Yeah. I, I I loved him as a player when he was in Ma- in Orlando in his early years, mm-hmm. and everything 
since then has kind of turned me off of him. Well, Kobe beat him in the finals. You can't hate him that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. It's like, oh, well, you, we played him and we beat him. So it's like, I don't have to hate this guy now. You think Dwight Howard's a Hall of Fame player? Yeah, for sure. So do I. Any, I mean, so dude, do I. I. I'm also, I, I also am a, a defender of Dwight's legacy because I think he gets the short end stick a lot. He does. Um, but but he dude, did it to himself. The dude, the dude was the best big guy in the NBA for a, a five or six year stretch. Yeah. And it's like, if you're and the, he was if, winning slam dunk contests. Yeah. If you're the big, if you're the best big guy in the NBA for that long, you're a Hall of Fame player. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, his hey, number, Patrick his Ewing's numbers. in the hall with no rings. Yeah, it, yeah, rings aside, he was the best big guy in the NBA. Nobody could guard him, and, and no one could score on him. He was a he was a help side defensive monster. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So yeah, Dwight Dwight was like my big surprise, uh, big surprise of the year so far. I mean, hey, you saw my instant reaction. I was shocked to hear he was averaging seventeen rebounds a game. Yeah, I don't think anybody realizes it. And then it's you know when I saw the rebounds, I went and looked, and it's like the rest of his numbers are solid as well. I yeah, mean, I mean, thirty-one it, minutes a game at his age and his career with his back and stuff—that's that's good to see. I don't think I don't think he's going to get as much national exposure as he has in the past because he's playing in Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, great. Which is a great for him because a less distractions, but. He's playing with Kemba Walker. Frank Kaminsky's making huge strides as I love, a player. I love Malik Monk. I think Mal- he's a, yeah. He's Malik Monk's going to be he's very be good. A future like sixth man of the year. And the Hornets have a chance player. to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. especially because oh, yeah. they're in the East. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely have a shot to make the playoffs. They're definitely one of those teams on the bubble that'll get one of those last three seeds. Yeah, in the East. Um, now, I really wanted to talk about uh, the game between the Lakers and the Wizards. Uh, because there's a lot of backstory behind it with Lonzo Ball and John Wall, Marcy and Gortat. But real quick, the Lakers are currently 2-2. Two and two, Big win in overtime against uh, the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really proud of the way the young guys stepped up, especially after all the hoopla with Gortat and Wall going at Lonzo Ball, just for reference and those playing at home. Wall said he was going to show no mercy against Lonzo, and Gortat backed that up by saying John Wall would torture Lonzo for 48 minutes. Yep. So Lonzo Ball against the Wizards, he didn't shoot all that well. He shot 2 of 11 from the field. No, he's still trying to settle in. Yeah. Shooting the ball. He scored 6 points, had 8 rebounds, and 10 assists. That's pretty close. to That's 4 points off from double-digit points and 2 rebounds off from double-digit rebounds. Pretty close to a triple-double. Yep. Um, and John Wall who said he would show no mercy to Lonzo Ball, shot 7 of 22 from the field. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, it's like, most importantly, Lonzo won the game. Yeah. He was the point guard out there for the winning team. And yeah. I mean, our culture values winning over everything, so. 100%. You know, that's, that's, that's what I see. It's like shooting, be damned. I mean, if the rest of the team pl- is playing well, he's rebounding and dishing the ball, and he's leading a team to victory. Yeah. That's what you want. Um. John, so for for all you analytics geeks out there, uh, John Wall's plus minus last night or Wednesday night when they played the Lakers, mm-hmm. minus fourteen, while Lonzo's was plus thirteen. Yep, that's he basically doubled his plus minus, and Brandon Ingram was very vocal uh, about being there for Lonzo and the other guys on the team having his back, and he really backed backed that up uh, with nineteen points shooting 50% from the field, had 10 rebounds, 
Larry Nance Jr. also had 18 points and 10 rebounds and shot an impressive 8 out of 10 from the field. Shot 80% from the field as a big guy. So that's really, really what we were looking for from Nance. Mm -hmm. And fan favorite Kyle Kuzma had 15 points off the bench. But what I noticed about Kuzma, he played a solid 34 minutes, which was the fourth most minutes on the team for the Lakers in that game. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're. I think they're trying to figure out how to get him on the court more. Yeah. You know, do they play him with? Do they play him with Ingram? Do they play him with Randall? Do they play him with Nance? Uh, you and, know, I think they're trying to figure out who he matches up with best. And during that last part of the fourth quarter, and I'm pretty sure all of overtime, it was Lonzo, KCP, Kuzma, um, Randall, and Ingram on the floor for the Lakers. That's an average age of, like, 21. Yeah. Hey, the Lake Show's back, and they're young, and they're exciting. And yeah, I mean, I really, I really like what I've seen from this team so far. I think they're definitely trending upwards. They're going to be very exciting to watch. Uh, they're going to pull out some wins that people aren't expecting them to win, case in point, that Washington game. Yep. Um, the Lakers, currently, they rank ninth in the NBA in offense. I know we're only four games in and all of that, but – Ninth in the NBA in offense, seventh in rebounds per game, third in assists per game, but they rank 27th in opponents' points per game. The defense definitely has to get better, but I think as the season progresses, it will. Um, I think the Lakers beating the Wizards, and especially beating the Wizards in overtime, where they had to face some adversity, will be very rewarding for this team uh, because it shows that they can compete with some of the elite teams in the NBA and although they didn't play their best game, I still think it sets the bar of where they should and need to be playing on a nightly basis. Yeah, and you know, the one thing the Lakers got going for them is on on defense is the other team beating themselves. Yeah, uh, that that goes to what Lavar Ball said after the game was if teams are so worried about targeting Lonzo and so focused on Lonzo, they're going to get caught up in that, and the team's going to lose. Because they're too focused on stopping one player. Mm -hmm. They're not worrying about the rest of the team. And Lonzo's game is all about making his teammates better. Yep. So if you're going to collapse on Lonzo and try and target him, foul him, whatever, yeah, it's just, he's just going to get the ball to another player. It's, yeah, it's just most importantly, it's like, yo, just because uh, Lonzo Ball walks on the court, you completely – uh, you completely change your game and how you're going to approach everything, that's not going to work out for people. And that's not going to work out for athletes. They need their routine. They need to just come into every opponent the same way. And if, they, if they're getting in their heads before the game even starts and they're trying to do too much, that is gonna, that's going to hurt teams playing Lonzo Ball. And I think LeVar's right. I mean, I, I think people, if they're worried about Lonzo, they're not worried about what they're doing. They're not worried about the game plan. They're, it's not going to work out for them. Yeah, and on on the note of Lonzo being targeted by other players because of what LeVar uh, is saying, uh, me personally, I don't think Lonzo deserves to be targeted. He's done nothing but be professional in his responses to everything his dad has said. He's dealt with it his entire life. It's not going to phase him. He knows his dad is a loose cannon, and he does a great job of not letting it affect his style of play. He plays the same way throughout no matter what his dad is saying mm -hmm. um he doesn't think he's better than anybody else or at least he doesn't outwardly portray that uh like his father does um he does and says all the right things he plays the game the way he's always played it he plays the game the right way 
and he's making his teammates around him better, and you can just see that by watching just a few minutes of Lakers basketball this yeah, season. Yeah, I think as the as the year goes on, I think you're going to see you know the NBA players separate on the side of the fence of you know some guys are going to be protective of Lonzo. There's going to be his the teammates dudes, were. There's going to be the dudes that want to go after him, but then there's also the guys that want to be his friend and they want to have his back because they they know. You know, they appreciate what his dad's done for him, and they appreciate his his skill and what he's done for himself. When, I mean, LeVar was taking pictures with Boogie Cousins, I think yeah, it was, after, after the game. It's like, yeah. there's, it's not that everybody hates LeVar. People know people like LeVar. Yeah. I mean, there'll be some people that hate him, and then there's going to be some people that like him. And I, I thought something that was that was really telling of this was actually the Wizards head coach, Scott Brooks, was asked about what Marcin Gortat and John Wall, both his players, what they said about Lonzo. And Scott Brooks said, man, my father walked out on me when I was two years old. I wish I had a dad like LeVar. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of kids out there that like what he's doing because he's... And you got two knuckleheads on his team going at Lonzo for the exact same thing Scott Brooks is defending him for. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't think Lonzo should be targeted... Lakers, keep doing what you're doing. I think LeBron and Steph are definitely going to go after him, but outside of that, I don't... You I don't think see. LeBron and Steph are going to go after him? Yeah, just because their names were specifically dropped by LeVar. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, But it's not going to be like a personal thing. I think they're going to try and get like a play-in or a game, you know, one game or one dominating dunk. And yeah. It'll be good. It'll yeah. be over it. Yeah. Like, I dunked Alonzo. You know, Not like up. Patrick Beverly where he was just yeah, yeah, hacking no. him the whole game. No, that was that's a veteran coming out on a rookie trying to see what he can do, you know, yeah. and it worked. Yeah. But uh, I think that about wraps up this week's edition of the Sports Kingdom. Yep. I got I got my weekly shout-out, though. I got one. Well, one shout him out, then. One, one, one guy is not – None other than LeVar Ball uh, just celebrated his 50th birthday this Shout last week. Shout out LeVar Ball. Happy his, birthday. His, his boy is a point guard for the L.A. Lakers. His other boy plays for the Bruins. And, you know, Melo's a top high school recruit. A lot Not anymore. Dropped, pulled but him out. I mean, he's still a recruit, well, though. Yeah, I guess. And uh, so it's like, you know what? Shout out LeVar. He's doing his thing. He's got his brand going. His boy's playing for the Lakers. Got the emojis out now. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. So... All right, now that that about wraps up this week of the Sports Kingdom. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash TSK Show. And before we get out of here uh, in the radio business, we like to call this uh, pulling the curtain back a little bit. Uh, Usually we record on Tuesday nights, and obviously we promote the show every Wednesday. Uh, But Game 6 of the World Series is this coming Tuesday night, so we might be in the same situation where we will push the show to Thursday. That way we won't be interrupted by Game 6 of the World Series, and then Game 7 potentially on Wednesday. So I wanted to give our listeners a heads up about that. Uh, But once we have all of that official... Uh, We will let everybody know through Twitter and all the social media outlets and everything. But other than that, that wraps it up. Great show today, Tyler. Yep. Thanks for having me, Duke. Always. We'll see you guys next week.